Jim Jerks on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. I'm Brett Canell. You almost forgot who you were. I For a second, I thought you were going to say the Comedy Wrestling Podcast uh, oh. Network. No, no, no. See, I know you forgot who you are because today is a very special episode. Who am I? It's so special today. Yeah. Well, we're professional comedians living out in Hollywood, and we're huge wrestling fans. And today, like all other shows, we're having a clip show, guys. Clip yeah. show. We're all in tuxedos. Yep. This is very exciting. This is our first clip show. Yeah. It's our first, first ever. But we're celebrating the greatest interviews that we've had on this podcast so far. We've so, had some real interviews. Yeah. Some really good ones. If you are a lifelong listener of the podcast... This might be old hat for you, but you're going to be sticking around to hear all our exciting introductions and all the clips. If you're a lifelong listener of our podcast, then you're not very old yet. So you're probably... A life of the podcast, Brett. You probably don't remember anybody that we've A actually... life of the podcast, Brett. Okay. Because well, that person would be like a year and a half old. You're the life of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Well, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from. Soon that'll be how many interviews we have, guys. Think about that clip yeah. show. Yeah. Yes. Then it'll be, be us and Audible just going back and forth. It's like, how can I get all these free interviews from Curtain Jerks? You'll get them on Audible. Indeed. And you can get them for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. Get your free audiobook now. Why pay? Why wait? Can I get in on my Zoom? Oh, yeah. You can just, just, just throw your Zoom at the computer screen. I'm currently just... using it because I have an uneven table in my place. So I have the Zoom under one of the legs to make sure that. I was about to say, your table would be uneven because you're using your Zoom. You've taken it out from underneath your table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode is going to feature interviews that we've had with. Uh, WWE Tough Enough competitor Eric Watts, mm. Scorpio Sky, oh. uh, who's in MWA Hollywood, or sorry, uh, Hollywood uh, Championship, Championship Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling from, from Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. and was also TNA's Mason Andrews yep. and WWE's Harold yes. in those uh, the uh, anger management shorts. Yes, uh, John Morrison. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe you've heard of him. JJ Dillon, Hall of Famer. Never heard of him. Manager of the Four Horsemen? Really? Oh, never heard of the Four wow. Horsemen. Don't have any. You don't get outside much because you are wearing a Kiss t-shirt. Yeah, heck yeah. It's pretty faded from all that halogen light. Some fuck. Keep going. <laughs> so Go fuck. ahead, Scott. Go so ahead. Fuck. Oh, baby chic. <laughs> da, da fuck. Uh, the one-man rock band, Heath Slater. Life of the party. He is. And uh, the extreme icon, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. You're going to hear from all those on this episode. Think about it. Exciting. Man, like, where else are you going to get a ton of interviews on one show? You can't. They can't. It's not even a show that does that. Yeah. Yeah. What, a clip show? Where do they Who interviews people and talks to them? No one. Who communicates anymore? No, nobody. It doesn't exist. Innovators and pioneers right here, baby. Yeah. It's good. So the first interview that we're going to be playing for you is Eric Watts. Yeah. I wasn't here for this interview. I was on the ship working uh but this was exciting this was a, a huge get for us he was mm-hmm. he was off tough enough what a few months yeah i mean th- probably half a year i would okay. say when it was all said and done and he this was exciting because we had just actually seen him uh wrestle at uh, when at currently at the time nwa from hollywood mm-hmm. nwa hollywood and it was awesome i love going to live shows it was in a movie theater and they, it was awesome it was getting to see him work and he was with scrap iron adam pierce yes and he had a great match Really cool. Who was the current NWA champion at the time? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, that's we've been a, a few times, uh, and we'll go back. But if like check out that Extreme Championship Wrestling, I think they're at least when they were in Extreme WA. Was ECW. ECW? Well, yeah. Yeah. Check hey, out hey, ECW if you can. <laughs> uh, and also, you should check out... Uh, Send Paul Heyman a check. Yeah, this is... Uh, they Hollywood. just recently changed their name, so it's going to be uh, hard to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Championship, Championship wrestling, wrestling from Hollywood. But I think I'll, we also were recording on location at, yes, the, we uh, were. at the venue, so this we had a we had a uh, kiosk, sound booth set up. Little gorilla set up. Yeah. Well, let it, me ask you this. like, Where was he in the day? Like, You had many interviews that day. You can hear all those interviews as well from other uh nwa superstars uh that w- was he the last guy of the he day? was one of the last ones that we did because he was much further down on the card than everybody else was so he essentially he was you wrestling he was closer towards the main event yeah he was in the main event okay. spot the yeah. main event that spot that night i believe was a tag team match with eric watts and somebody versus colt cabana and somebody oh you went up against oh the somebody that that was the the main event of that particular show that last one well i'm glad that we've got this all in detail <laughs> is that true <laughs> i thought he went up against uh scrap iron he did but they tape i went back they tape uh yeah. he took an awesome pile driver in the, maybe in, that's in when the we interview went back. you'll hear about how he's got all that padding because he got yeah. that big old afro yeah well uh, maybe so that's when we went back that he did that other one he he was want to keep talking about this or should we talk about the interview <laughs> Brett, <laughs> life of the podcast. So, so he did. You think you, you were not going to get him because I know you know amongst the guys you wanted to try and get a big name for the show. I didn't mm-hmm. think we were going to get him. Yeah, I we were talking to people and then I the whole time I was like I I never actually talked to a wrestler before, and I was always kind of assuming it's like all right tread carefully because at any moment they could snap. That's what I just immediately assumed. And then after talking to two or three people, I was like, hey, they're people. And some of the guys that you talk to, like, the the difference in size is, is well, huge. I'm 4'2 yeah. four, four uh-huh. and 60 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm pretty heavy for 4'2. Yeah. And so when I see – He's these, very dense. Yeah. When I, when I see these wrestlers, I, I was like, we're all different body shapes, you know. God makes them in all sizes, guys. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys that are of, of smaller stature, and then he's almost seven foot. Eight uh, with that hair. Yeah, yeah. I think he even describes that, doesn't he? Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he weighs – he gets in close to seven foot with the hair. All I know is that the was chandeliers it, were, sh- were were swaying back and forth after There's a really – intimidating? Uh, there's a big family environment in that place because uh, when the wrestlers oh, are – mafia. Yeah, it is huge in the mafia. But when the wrestlers aren't wrestling, they're out trying to sell their merch out in the front. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's not unusual to see a guy that had just wrestled in a match come down then and, and take a position behind the merchandise. I think they're afterwards. even then, even if they're standing uh, sitting behind a card table full of T-shirts, they're still imposing because mm-hmm. they're sweating and they're gigantic yeah. people. But well, where like, I was getting with that is Watts wasn't doing that, though. He didn't have – he wasn't selling I mean, merchandise. But so. here's a seven-foot guy yeah. who's sweating and just uh, kicks some ass. Like, was it was it scary? Like, what was the feeling for, for the listeners to know, like I, – Yeah, I was worried. Did I you just, shit your pants? I didn't shit my pants. What, you shit your pants? I just watched him get dropped on his head after having a pretty good Yeah, we mad. were concerned. That that was one of the things we really wanted to ask him if we I'd had say, a chance yeah, to talk to him. It's a split-second pile driver that Scrap yeah. Iron did. It's really cool. But watching someone, like, take it yeah. is – fascinating and that was really exciting so getting to talk to him i was scared but i was also really like i wanted to be like you're so cool yeah <laughs> so i he I, did do that too but we cut it out yeah what's well, really cool it's a it's a great interview so you hear a snippet here and you'll hear him talk about uh tough enough and stone cold and all that sort of stuff so check it out right now 
Tell us what it was like on that season of Tough Enough hosted by Stone Cold. Yeah, man, just, okay, the casting call came out for that around November of last year. And I was like, yeah, right, I'm sure they already had the cast chosen and whatever. But I figured, why not send them in a DVD and application? So I did. And, you know, I got a series of phone interviews. And I was like, all right, this is cool. They called me back, whatever. I thought nothing of it. The next thing I know, I, I get invited to the to the callbacks uh, that, that were here near LAX. And there's about 30 people there total. And uh, we, we had our big interviews. And next thing I know, I got called to be on the show. As a matter of fact, uh, I got the phone call while I was at an NWA Hollywood show. So um, I found out as I was about to go out for my match. So, you know, you can imagine my mind was all over the place for that. But, yeah, man, it was wild. When you when the show aired, it had already been, all been taped. And when they cut it together and aired it, how did you feel like it came off on television? How did you feel like you came off on television? Was it a, a fair depiction of what really happened? Well, I definitely understand that it's a television show first uh, before anything else. Um, and I know that they have, have, they want to have stories that they want to tell. Um, so I happen to be that story of the out of shape guy. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, um, everything that happened, you know, they, that actually happened. It wasn't edited to look a certain way. That happened, whatever, whatever you saw. Yeah. And I think that uh, I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say that it didn't. Um, but uh, I definitely wish that they would have shown more of my good stuff because um, I lasted ha- over halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, you know, they didn't really justify it based off what they showed on television. Like I had a lot of good stuff. And in fact, the thing that carried me through was my in-ring work, my actual wrestling. Um, that carried me through the you know six weeks of the season. Um, but of course, they didn't show much of that. They just showed me you know walking up a hill or or, or you know getting tired in the ropes in the you know second day of training. So um, I think the only thing I regret is that they didn't show more of that. But other than that, man, they showed an accurate you know present- representation of everybody that was there. Like Luke was really a, a jackass. Uh, <laughs> Skin marks was really like that. Uh, you know. Everybody was who they were, so you know I think it's pretty accurate. Well, those of our fans that are lucky enough to check out NWAHollywood.com and see you uh, doing professional wrestling now, I think they would be uh, blown away by how awesome you are in the ring. You had uh, a great match with uh, with Adam Pierce that just aired on the last NWA Hollywood mm-hmm. show. Awesome match. We don't want to give away too much about what's happening in the unaired episodes, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're just moving fantastically in the ring. And Steve and I uh, had noticed a little bit earlier tonight that uh, because of your size, Eric's a really big guy, and your hair is uh, a little bit higher than your normal frame it looks like you take you take a bump on like literally on your head every time you take a move i get worried you won't get up afterwards uh yeah is that uh how is that going i do some of these guys have a little trouble uh moving your frame around uh i like to think that i'm pretty like light in the ring um Mm -hmm. i i come from a football background so i'm used to being you know active and moving around and being athletic and stuff like that um but yeah, man, the the fro's great. It's it's it's, it's extra padding. Like tonight, uh, <laughs> no, man, like freaking uh, Pierce gave me that power driver right on my head, and it wasn't for the fro. Who knows if I'd be here right now? But yeah, so, yeah. so now the fro's great, man. It gives me actually like two feet of height. So I'm like eight twelve with this with this fro. And, and yeah, you know, so it's great. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. Ah, that's a big get. Yeah, yeah. That's a big get. I think good things are in the future for that I d- guy. I do, too. I think he's got a big future ahead of him. Do you I think then, he keeps the hair? Yeah, I, he's I got Definitely, it. He's definitely, got it. yeah. Signature hair? I think so. Yeah. All right. I then watched uh, Tough Enough, a couple of the episodes. What, Tough what, Enough? You're laughing at me because Tough I said enough. it. You said it weird. I yeah. also say downtown like downtown. I'll say it like downtown. <laughs> Well, I, but I watched the. the I Do you ever the, watch Downtown Abbey? Down Downtown? Downtown? No, I don't. But I did watch the Tough Enough, 
And uh, I watched. Oof, on, oof. It was really funny to me because after watching him kick so much ass in the show, they really sort of painted him out to be this kind of big loser. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that. Ah, so it was inappropriate because of getting to watch him and be so imposing mm-hmm. uh, when you watch him live. So, you know, the, the twisted lens of television. You should know you work in reality television. Yeah. Skewing the vision of the... The editors. Yeah. <laughs> I was a listener. Well, they listen. Yeah, they listen. Yeah, unlike us who tell the truth. Yeah. We all have Hey, everybody. Jobs. Booker T just walked in. <laughs> What's up, door? Truth. <laughs> See? That's the truth. That's all the truth. Get out of here. I'm Booker. out. <laughs> Twisting the listener's eye holes. <laughs> See? Where they hear through their eyes. See, that interview was okay. It just didn't make the best. No, Maybe no, that'll sure make didn't. the next one. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, Hopefully. I can't wait till we have our worst clip show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be some of the earlier episodes. <laughs> True. Hey, Um Well, this next one that we're going to play is Scorpio Sky. And as I mentioned before, Scorpio Sky, this is amazing what this guy has been able to pull off. He's in championship wrestling from Hollywood, and he is a guy that has been now on both shows. He yeah. wrestled the uh, the oh, what's the X division show that they have? What's that called in TNA? The pay per view? The X division? No, the Destination X. Destination X. Yeah. He he was at the pay per view. Wrestled three matches. He should have won for Destination X. So got prominently featured, and then a few months later, he's on WWE television as a character and like shows up in a couple of shows. He's even got a backstory, so if they do put him on television, he can just say he's the guy from Anger Management, and now he's taking wrestling classes. Yeah. You could tell. I mean, when, when we were at those events watching, uh, you know, former NWA Hollywood, like, he is – he's ready. I mean, when you see him, it, like, yeah. he re- – I mean, he wrestles great. He's got a great physique. He's got a great personality. He would – I mean <laughs> – Are you trying to set me up on a date with I him? I think you two would be really happy together. I really is do. He nice? But I think he's ready to make the next step up to to being in one of the bigger companies and stuff like that. I mean, and to be honest, you know, there we had talked about when we were talking about Eric Watts, like there's a lot of people of all different sizes, shapes and ability that Mm -hmm. that wrestle for the love of it on the independent level. And then there are some guys that you can look at and just be like, that guy's going to make it. And Eric Watts and Scorpio Sky are two guys working the independence right now that I could see them going up. It's a matter of time. Yeah, to one of the big it companies. Is, it's one of those things where once soon. you watch those matches, you're sort of you forget that it's you forget the location or sort of the the framework of what you're watching, mm-hmm. and it feels like oh, this is an awesome wrestling match. Yeah, and then yeah. you forget that it's sweltering hot or it's whatever the situation is. That was I'm basing that on going to a match in a uh, airport hangar last year. When was that? Anyway, the point is, when it's that good on the independent level, it's sort of you forget that uh, you kind of your suspension of disbelief is already sort of set up because you're watching wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, I know I am. I'm a lot more forgiving if I'm watching the indie show because I know if they're, you know, people are working for money and they're also working because it's something that's really important to them. Yeah. So you and when you see people that really excel at it, it's really exciting. It's very exciting because you then once you get to see them at Destination X. It's like, wow, that's the next level. You saw him win. Yeah. That's I, how I feel about Cena because I saw Cena win. Like, I used to go to UPW house shows, and he was a bad ripoff of, like, Luger and Ultimate Warrior. And it was just like, oh, Jesus. But, like, he looks like the guy. He just is terrible. And then when he got to do something funny, like, he was super funny. It's like, and then whenever I see him, it's like, oh, right. I used to go to a little shitty theater in Santa Ana and watch John Cena wrestle. And now, like, he's just mobbed. 
It's it's. I think I can see the same happening for Scorpio Sky. I can see him going, or Mason Andrews, him going to that next level. Or I'm sorry, Scott Harold. Harold. Yeah, <laughs> the man with one name. But getting to see, like, getting to see that progression, I think, is always exciting. And sort of knowing when you're talking to somebody, it's like, oh, this is. I'm getting to talk to them at this sort of this very fertile early point, and it's going to only go so much farther, in a good way. That's yeah, yeah, like yeah. Was, yeah. That's yeah. kind of gross. <laughs> So uh, check out this uh, clip from uh, Scorpio Sky, our interview uh, on Curtain Drinks with Scorpio Sky. Here it is. How'd you get into wrestling? Uh, well, you know, it was, it was, it was quite a uh, crazy story. I, uh, I grew up watching wrestling, and, and I ran into the Ultimate Warrior at the gym one day, and, and he was like, hey, kid, you look like you'd be a good wrestler. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really know what that means. This story is not true, by the way. <laughs> a lot more entertaining than the us, real man. story. You had us. But, you know, it's more entertaining than the real story, so we'll go with that one. Uh, tell us about the... Who were the guys that you sort of that inspire you? The wrestlers that inspire you, or that you you sort of modeled yourself after when you broke into the business? Um, definitely the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, these are legit. I saw you had these written down. He wanted to say <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Lombardi. <laughs> Steve Lombardi. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart was was one of the first yes. uh, guys I found. Actually, Jimmy Su- uh, Superfly Snuka. He was one of my favorites. Uh, and then I got a little bit older, and Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, those type of guys that uh, the styles I kind of emulated, and those were one of the guys that really actually uh, guided me into what I am today. Uh, awesome. So you you are the international heritage champion, television champion, television, television champion. champion. Uh, when you travel with that belt, uh, how much trouble is it getting through security and places? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's always interesting because it goes. You know, I never check my bag. I mm-hmm. always carry on. So you know they go through the scanner and they, and they look and they see this belt and they're always looking at me weird. And then it's like, uh, well, what is up with this? And well, you know, I'm a pro wrestler. And then I get the look of like. You're a pro wrestler. You aren't you supposed to be bigger? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. How many times you can go through that? It never gets old. You know, it's always annoying. But you know, you explain it to them, and you know, really, what are you going to do with a championship belt on a plane? You know, like, yeah, knock, yeah, yeah, you know, knock a stewardess over, yeah, and, you know, yeah. steal a sprite or something. That's it. It's all you can really do. Yeah, but I don't know. But Brett, how do you get through customs with all your replica WWE belts that you travel with? I, all the time? Funny enough, I actually did travel with it once in a carry-on bag, <laughs> and I almost the same thing happened. But you lied uh, and told them you're a professional wrestler. Uh, yes, I said I was the 1986 WWF heavyweight champion. Nice. Uh, <laughs> They didn't believe me. I have more hair than Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know what, Scorpio? If you had a chance to bump into uh, the Ultimate Warrior right now in the gym and you could cut a quick promo against him for an upcoming match with him, <laughs> what would you say to him? <laughs> Crazy Ultimate Warrior, too. Yeah. I have no idea. I was watching this video in the airport yesterday, and uh, it was like the warrior in the gym. And it was like now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. he's, and it's like just a super close-up, and he's huge still. Yeah. And he's just like... Ugh. You know, <laughs> there's nothing like leaving blood and guts all over the gym. <sighs> but you know what? Did I do this workout the way I should have? Did I give my all? <sighs> no. I'll be damned if I'm going to have to do this again. Let that be a lesson to all those people out there. <laughs> if you're going to do something right, do it right the first time. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is he talking workout. about? Workout. his wrestling career. It's so weird. <laughs> He's so weird now. for greatness there you yeah. go he's awesome. a funny guy you heard it here first it's really funny
You heard it here first for the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Or the first, if you're a new listener. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Getting in on the big name show. Yeah, the extravaganza cliptography. (laughs) Cliptography. (laughs) Sorry, the (laughs) clipterus. Hey, Uh, congratulations. If you're here, you found the cliptorus. (laughs) This is the clip show. Oh, finally. (laughs) I knew this podcast would pay off eventually. Uh, Are so th- we going to put the explicit bumper on this one? Oh, no. <laughs> no, God. This is family friendly. Yeah. So this next one we got here is a friend of the show, John Morrison. First two-time yeah. guest. Yeah. Yeah. He's a two-timer. Yeah, he's pretty excited. Two-time guest. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. What a... Uh, what an out-of-shape piece of shit. Yeah. What is yeah. that John guy? Morrison's yeah. just a lazy fuckwad. When you know? is he going to yeah. take care when of his he... hair? Yeah. And when is he going to start working out? And uh, maintain a, a healthy relationship with a nice lady? Yeah, come on. Oh, wait, John Morrison. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I thought Her- Herbert Morrison. <laughs> that guy's a motherfucker. <laughs> that guy's a real jerk. John Morrison, yeah, he's a he's a really nice guy, really fun yeah. to hang around with. We have him. had the pleasure to uh, get to know him over the last year and a half and do improv shows with him and uh, video shorts and, you know, generally just hang out with him. And he's he's very cool. This I mean, all stemmed from a long time ago yeah. that I don't know if this ever got mentioned on the show that we used to give you shit for because mm-hmm. uh, we used to say that you, you saw him in a bar. Yeah, you yeah. saw him in a bar and we used to joke that you rubbed your beard on his face and he was clean shaven then. And then shortly thereafter, he showed up on TV with a Beer. Hold on. I, you know what? I'm remembering this. We were at uh, Bordner's in Hollywood, and uh, Brett and I were having a beer, and uh, Brett, I think we, you literally went like that. You were like, hey, that guy over there, I think that's John Morrison. <laughs> Just like that. And it doesn't, like, at that time, he has, you know, he, has, he still has it, the long brown hair, but he had it up so tight yeah. and, like, wound up in the back of his head. He was practically unrecognizable. Yeah, he still worked for the company. He was very clean shaven. The thing is, is that, and he even had said to me that he doesn't often get recognized when his hair's pulled back like that. So uh, he's like, you must be a pretty big fan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I should mention that while he was telling it, while he was selling that to Brett, he had him at arm's distance. Mm -hmm. He was like, he had a giant bicep arm pushing Brett away. I but understand you're a big fan. Thank you. Stay there. This the tradition, and again, I don't know where it started, but I certainly follow it. And is that you would be like, "Hey, man, I'm a fan of your work," and you buy a beer for somebody that could afford to buy their own drinks with no problem. Jesus, Brett, you so, don't do that with CM Punk. I <laughs> I sent over. <laughs> Get him some no jobs. wonder CM Punk won't do our yeah, show. Yeah, he won't do the show because <laughs> he keep buying him beer. Yeah. To be quite honest, what you, I say to the Jake bartender, the Snake Roberts, come on, is I Brett. whatever he's drinking, I'm going to get him his next one. So if he was drinking a beer, he'd get a next one. If he was drinking a Coke, I'd get him his next one. So CM Punk, we have to talk about this. But anyway, I got him him a Coke. He'd fuck him just as bad. This is when we had never uh, really talked. But I was like, hey, man, I'm a fan of this guy, blah, blah, blah. So get him his next drink. And then he sent me one back later and was like, thanks. And then he actually came over and talked for a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, it was roofied. I woke up six days later in a Mexican prison. (laughs) God, Uh, you guys partied. Yeah, we sure did. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but no, he was extremely nice even then. So like even when he He's worked for the company. He's maintained niceness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a human being. Yeah. <laughs> what a good way to put it. Hey, now. there's a couple ways you can go when you start reaching that kind of fame. And I'm glad to see that some people choose to still be good people. You know what I mean? You know, Brett, I'd really appreciate it if you take your sunglasses off when we do the show. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> hey, you don't need that little personal fan. We have air conditioner in here. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get me cold enough. 
Uh, well, John's been great. Like John has, as in the first show that you guys did with him, I wasn't there for this one either. I was, uh, I was gone, but you know, you guys did stuff like he did drew McIntyre impersonation, mm-hmm. which was a uh, super funny, um, and has been so kind in doing the, the, uh, improv shows with us. And what was never truly conveyed, I think all that well, uh, except for his time with Miz is he's a really funny guy. He is. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to see that with the stuff with him and Miz, but otherwise it's just like you are this portrayal of this character and the funny doesn't get to come out that often, but really, really funny guy. And we, I mean, and we're lucky enough to get to see it, you know, for three consecutive weeks, every other month when we do the improv shows with him and, and uh, houses that come to see it is like, he really does have a great, uh, he cracks me up. Yeah. Comedic, yeah. you know, sense of humor. And, and he's really good at what he does. So. I should point out. I laugh at a lot of things, but few people actually make like actually crack me up. Yeah, uh, John Morrison, Bill Cosby, yeah, Bill Cosby, John Morrison, John Morrison, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Stalin, and Stalin. He had some funny things to say. Yeah, uh, and so like I say, he did a he did a Drew McIntyre uh, impersonation on one of the shows. But one of the the clips that we're gonna play is uh, him uh, playing along in the in the most recent episode he did where he's the Undertaker. Spoiler alert: He's the Undertaker. Okay. Um, Kayfabe alert. He's the Undertaker. <laughs> but uh, doing uh, this Hollywood minute where he's talking about George Clooney and Stacey Keebler's relationship, and he does a great impersonation. So check this out and enjoy. But I think the Undertaker will shed some light on this. Okay. Let's bring him in for Entertainment Minute with the Undertaker. Is, it, is this the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I'm, I'm the Undertaker. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is true. Uh, Stacy and George, <laughs> I just call him George, are, you guys are not going to work out. I, uh, we are, uh, I've never had a conversation with Mr. Clooney, but I do follow him on Twitter. And okay. I've right. been reading what he does from I'm day sh- to day. I'm sh- do you think he could kick his ass? Absolutely. I hear there's a rivalry between you two because you both auditioned for Suburban Commando, but you got the role. I don't wear these MMA gloves for nothing. <laughs> I noticed that. You wear them out in the general public and stuff, too. I, I have them on now. I, I think the the gentleman across the table in the swimming trunks is looking at me funny. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if he stands up and I find out that he's wearing flip-flops, I'm going to put one of these gloves. That's, those swim trunks can be mistaken as UFC shorts. Yeah, Undertaker, I should say, I'm not wearing any shoes at all, so what the... That's even okay. more oh, UFC. Like, yeah. He's he's made some very lewd comments about uh, Sarah and Michelle McCool in the past, though. I should, is I that a, have you ever been in the octagon? Uh, no, I haven't. But I should also point out these wraps are on my hands are because I burned myself on a stove. I was making <laughs> soup, so I had to put these wraps on my hands. So, what uh, kind of soup? It was a uh, chicken noodle with Ooh, kale. How do you explain the tap kale. out t-shirt? Is that what it says? <laughs> I thought that was French. <laughs> Tapu. <laughs> Well, Undertaker, what uh, what is the latest between Stacy Keebler and George Clooney? Are are they together? Unfortunately, it looks like there is a little bit of trouble in paradise. You see, <laughs> Stacy and George are not a happy couple, and something is oh, no. is brewing. Trouble trouble is brewing, and I I have a feeling that George is is getting ready to move on, and Stacy is getting ready to move on as well. Hollywood's three hundredth. Favorite couple, as as said in Us magazine, I think is is, is doomed to wow. failure. In the top three hundred in yeah. in 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 Hollywood is not a bad number. Now I guess he's on the list. Then, I'm right? number fourteen thousand three hundred and fifty one. 
Hey, well, still in the three hundred. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank I, you very much. It's it's top thirty thousand is a big deal. What about a potential solution of neck tattoos? Do you think that could save them? If she got George on her neck and then on his he got he got Stacy? That is something that has always worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get Michelle tattooed somewhere on you? Because clearly you you removed it from the neck. Is there somewhere on your body? I mean, you don't have to show us if you don't want That's to. That's for the Undertaker to know and for you to wonder about. <laughs> <laughs> he's I a mister. I think he's hitting I don't, on I me. don't give away the Undertaker's secrets. Hey, he's oh. making a big fist with that MMA glove, Scott. Watch out. I'm, Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, I, I don't want to. I'm insulted. I came here to give some news about another couple, and you're asking me personal questions. Uh, well, okay, okay. We'll just it's sti- personal. We'll stick with the couple. It's what? personal. <laughs> Well, let's make it public. Personal. Scott, I think it's personal. <laughs> it's personal. Right. Well, then you ask him. You ask him then. It's personal. I've upset him. I, I just wanted to know. I heard you just had a baby. I know that that's personal. How's that going? That's I'm really personal. That came out of her wife's <laughs> vagina. That's exactly Brett. what I said. That, that, that vagina is personal. <laughs> 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 You're cracking up. You are cracking up. <laughs> oh, he's looking oh, at a Stalin man. clip on oh, YouTube. Stop God. it. That guy's reign is over. Okay. This is personal. I like that Morrison bit, too. That was funny. That's funny. It's good. It's great. So the next one we're going to uh, play up here is WWE Hall of Famer and manager of the Four Horsemen, J.J. Dillon. It's our first phone interview. Yeah, this was awesome. But this, much like you and the uh, previous couple, I was not at this one. You don't care for managers. Uh, I love managers, but just not J.J. Dillon. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't make it. You You don't like a person who has a mouthpiece who doesn't need a mouthpiece. Yeah. You don't like mouthpieces with mouthpieces? Mouthpieces with mouthpieces. It's redundant. You don't like interviews without being able to rub your beard on a man's face. If I can't rub my beard on you, then it's no good. <laughs> it's no, it's no uh, phone interview. And Brett's. honestly, when that happens, it's no good for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, both of you have had beards at one time because of me. Oh, be- Scott, currently. Because you rubbed beards mm-hmm. or because yeah. we admired you and we I just haven't shaved for like four days. It was a little bit of both, Steve. You shaved your cheeks so you didn't have the I awkward. shaved my cheeks. Yeah, you didn't get the werewolf. The, yeah. You you shave up to your eyelids because you, you had a teardrop tattoo basically when you cut yourself near your eye. That's okay. You I should shave so I high. should explain for the J.J. Dillon listeners out there. <laughs> I have to shave my entire face because I grow hair on my entire face. It's true. And so here's what I remember about listening to the J.J. Dillon just thing. Like he is really good at being interviewed because he's some sort of a um, like a community level politician where he's from. Yeah. So he's well versed at how to answer questions. Oh, he's well versed in not saying anything really yeah. stupid on our show. So and when this interview happened, it was right before the Hall of Fame induction. Yes. Correct. Yes. So he was Days. doing we were one of the first uh Shows that he did after the announcement, I think. One of the first, to be quite honest. Post 9-11, pre-Hall of Fame. (laughs) Very nice. And he, (laughs) let's just say he's very prepared. I think uh, tonally this will probably be the the farthest departure on any of our shows because Mm -hmm. it was like the the super serious interview. Mm -hmm. We were so happy to have him that we didn't want to have him basically go like, are you fucking around with me? <laughs> yeah, and have him punch us through the phone. Yeah. I, I, this one or always... send Arn Anderson to do it. I I would get punched in the face by Arn Anderson. <laughs> as long as he took those, as long as he took his Hall of Fame ring off, I don't want to lose a tooth or something. Uh, I think it's it's interesting to me because really the tone of it is so different. It's very like it's not dry, but it's very academic. It is an interview, sort mm-hmm. of going back and forth and getting. He refuses to really 
uh, break kayfabe, as we've talked yeah. uh, about in past well, shows. I mean, the man's, the man's got a book. I definitely. mean, I think if you want if you want that extra layer of depth, then you know, you want buy the book. Yeah, he's go to his website jjdillon.com to get his book. It's a it's an exceptional book. Um, it was courteous. It was definitely he was very interesting to talk to. He's very generous with his time. He gave us a lot of time. The full episode is on iTunes exclusively. Um, but here, check it out. It's it's it was a treat for us to talk with JJ Dillon. Now, JJ, I know you've been asked this question a lot, and you're probably already rolling your eyes at the thought of me even asking it, but. At the Hall of Fame ceremony, we know that the horsemen are going to be there, and we know that one of the horsemen, of course, is uh, under contract with another company. But everyone wants to know, J.J. Dillon, will Paul Roma be inducted into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they've made it clear about who who their selection is, is for induction. And the controversy uh, was pretty much having to do with Ole Anderson that was the original member of the Horsemen and, you know, why Ole wasn't chosen. But, you know, those that have followed the the business know that the relationship with Ole and and with Vince McMahon has been more uh, um, beyond strained, let's put it that way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they've made public comments about each other. And so as a business decision, you have to look at their, their product, which is to go out to the, to the WWE universe and all their, their fans and to try to explain why it wasn't only, I mean, they, they, that's not how they conduct their business. And all interviews, I'm always asking, what's my favorite combination? And of course the originals with Oli is always going to be special because it was what started it all. And if, and if that hadn't happened, maybe none of it would have uh, taken place. But in terms of the in-ring product, bell to bell, being able to personally do anything, the, the uh, group, which includes Barry Windham, is being recognized, I think, is when we were at our, our absolute best. So it's still amazing because, like you say, Flair is under contract to a competing organization. There was, and there was a time that something like that wouldn't even be discussed, let alone happening. And and uh, the fact that Barry is the son of Blackjack Mulligan, who's already in the Hall of Fame with his partner, Blackjack Lanza, you know, it would be the first father-son combination, the first inductee that's actually being inducted twice. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a great situation. It was cool. Yeah, 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 wonderful. On the phone, like we hope to do more phone interviews. We like to have people in the studio so that way we can then uh, take a picture or something. So that way yeah. we can then prove it. I should we also Wolf a couple I times. should also apologize for the audio quality. I did put everything inside of a tennis ball container <laughs> and then inside of an aquarium. So uh, sorry about that. Hey, we got the budget we got right now until Hindsight's people start sending us checks for millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. You know, it's what we got at this point. So uh, hopefully we'll have them on again and, and other greats as well. And this next one we're going to play is Heath Slater. A roll of the multi-sided dice, if you will. What? I don't know. I just thought, based on the content of this interview, I always often think of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I don't I, know why. I, I don't know why either. I don't know. Why don't you take this one, Scott? Because this is one that you actually handled yourself uh, while you were on your four-month vacation from reality on uh, the cruise ship contract oh, with Second it, City. It paid so good. Yeah, it pays really nice. I've done a few of those contracts myself. Uh but uh, Scott and Brett are both piano lounge singers mm-hmm. on uh, 
They alternate on cruise ships. Wonderful. I have, I, in the three contracts Smaller. that I had done, I have had uh, a few celebrities that had come on each one of the ships that I was Soul on, but never pro wrestlers. So. Spare oh, did you guys not want me to do it? I thought you were giving a nice bed. I didn't think Brett was mm-hmm. going to stop. I'm stopping. I scored you, Brett. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No. No, as you said, we, I was told we had Ralphie May on the ship at one point, but I didn't care. Yeah, but the, the, you like, did care I, about one of them. I didn't want to. I wouldn't want to bother him. But he mm-hmm. later, it was it was very bizarre to mm-hmm. go like, wait, why you're you're supposed to be at work, sir? <laughs> you you shouldn't be here. Um, and at the time, I believe you'd called me. I called you. It was an expensive phone call. And then I said, oh yeah, he's on his honeymoon. <laughs> All no. of the news outlets are reporting on it. No, that's not what happened. No, mm. I told him. I told Scott that it was like, yeah, you saw he busted on his wellness suspension. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh well. I want to bring that up, but I can't bring yeah, that up bring at that all. Up. Like I'm just some... you're on a boat. There's nowhere to go, Scott. A ship, Steve. It's a ship. Yeah, come on. Uh, you know, yeah, this. Know. Back it is. This. It's a ship. It's, it's a, a ship. fucking boat. No, it's not. Mm. Does it float in the water? Ships float in the water. So and do ships boats. are big. Boat. Boat is the classification. No, ship is the ship. classification. No, boat is the umbrella. That a small all city that floats is a ship. It's a boat. I want to see your naval degree. That, Show him your navel. You want Show him your navel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you work out? <laughs> Why? Does it look like it? No. Uh, <laughs> All right. So he's like Slater. It? How was he Slater? <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Like uh, the moment that I saw him on the ship, I was eating lunch at, at the buffet, and <laughs> tiki chicken. No, we didn't have tiki chicken. Beef and broccoli? Uh, basically, everything I had had gravy on. Yeah. <laughs> that red chicken that looks really weird. Oh, they did have that. Hey, chicken. guys. Yeah. They didn't call it tiki Slater chicken. was mm-hmm. on well, the boat. I was sitting there by myself enjoying lunch, and uh, the, this woman uh, sits in front of me on the, in the table, and her back is to me. And then uh, a large man that has red hair and a ponytail and a tank top that's way too large to be a normal person sits. And I go, that guy looks like. What the fuck? Heath Slater's eating ice cream in front of me on, on the cruise ship? Like, why is this happening? <laughs> and uh, at one point later, I, I approached him because it was just too odd to take that in. And I, I knew that when you're on the ship, you're on there for a week. So I, I, I talked to him at other times. Can't get away. Yeah, yeah. He can't, sadly for him, he couldn't get away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we chatted a couple times. He came and saw the shows. He was very complimentary. Um, and then I he... He agreed to do the podcast, and we had fun. Like, he, he was generous with his time. You guys made fun of me at the time with uh, looking at the photographs. I didn't know what to do. I went and grabbed a big <laughs> spread of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was trying to I was trying to butter the guy, you know? So I got a pitcher of water. Uh, and, again, I have to thank uh, uh, fellow uh, uh, castmates Haley Kellett and Scott Passarella, who had their laptops, who were able to help me record and they took photos and were helpful with getting food and stuff like that. I got cookies. I got all kinds of stuff. I got fruit. I got all these things. Giant pitcher of water. And then he's like, no, man, I'm good. I don't need anything. <laughs> it's like, awesome. This is all going in the garbage. Later. One man rock band. <laughs> so uh, he was nice. And I gave him a bottle of champagne uh, f- to celebrate his honeymoon. Not for celebrating the wildest suspension that he was on. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, I was, was about to say very considerate, Scott. Very considerate. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, you'll hear me being very nervous because I didn't have the support of the fellow jerks mm-hmm. there with me. 
and I wanted to have a fun interview where we talk about zombies. I think you did. I, you talk about zombies. That's the role he, of the multi-sided dice. I, I, and uh, I think you, you very much uh, got into the aspect of exactly what we like our show to be, which is not the typical, how did you get into this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We want to be How would you fun. kill a fan if they were zombified? And yeah. yes, you got it. You got into a real fun thing, and, and you could literally hear the moment that he really starts enjoying himself. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's fantastic. So it, was, it, it, was a, it was a real treat. So enjoy uh, this uh, excerpt from the Heath Slater interview. So obviously you know a lot about zombies. You watch a lot of zombie stuff. You play zombie video games. Yep. So okay, I have a scenario for you. Okay. So. Okay. Say so it's Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. It's a super show. Mm-hmm. So you got both brands there. Okay. Yep. Staples Center, Los Angeles. Yep. Been there before. Main event yes. of SummerSlam 2002. Yes, very exciting yes, times. That was very awesome stuff. Yes, it was. Uh, Brett Gunnell of our show. He was in attendance and yep. loved the match. That was great. Uh, okay, so you have a match. Mm-hmm. You're out in the ring. Your opponent's coming to the ring. Your opponent, let's say, is Zack Ryder. Okay. Okay. And uh, it's been a strange day. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on all day. Mm-hmm. So you're out in the ring. Zack's making his way to the ring. And then there's panic. And you see a fan reach over grabs Zack Ryder's arm and bites him. And at that moment, you realize zombie outbreak is happening in Staples Center in Los Angeles. Zack has been infected, and you're in the middle of the ring. What do you do? What's your zombie scenario? What's your game plan? My game plan for that would probably be, uh, if I'm thinking on my feet, there's probably about 40, 30-some thousand people could fit in there. So if you just keep getting bit, and there's going to be tons of zombies everywhere. So my first thing would probably do is grab a chair. Slide okay. out the ring, grab a chair. Grab a chair. So okay. as he makes it to the ring, I'm taking his head off with it. Oh, live TV. Chair care. shots. You don't care? It's a zombie. I mean, it's going to be an outbreak all over the Staples Center. I mean, they would think I'm a hero after that. I'm hoping. You <laughs> all know? right, all right. So his weapon of choice right away is steel chair. Yeah, because it's probably the closest thing around ringside. Right, good so point. So I would probably take a chair, take his head off, and if that don't you know, work, I'll just keep beating him in the head until it does work. Okay, so it's nothing against zombie Zack Ryder. No. Or no, no sorry, no, no, it's no. nothing against Zack Ryder. Exactly. It's, it's all against zombie Zack Ryder. Exactly. Okay. And, um, it doesn't matter who it would be in the back. If they're a zombie, you got to at least take them out. In my opinion, anyway. Cause, sure. Because, I mean, I'll be damned if I want to become a zombie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, I'll probably roll out, grab a chair, and if he comes near me, take his head off. Okay. And then if it doesn't work, I'll just, like I said, keep beating until it's, you know, he's motionless and... He's done. And then I'll probably stay in the middle of the ring or run to the back and just get in my car and get, you know, Okay, leave. which way you go? Because at this point now, Michael Cole's been bitten as well. Uh, so you can't go commentator side. Well, I'll so you got go ramp side then. You go ramp side, yeah. okay. But then again, I'll keep my eyes on him, but obviously looking all around because if a fan bit him, then someone's going to have to bite that fan, and then mm-hmm. someone's going to have to bite that fan, so there's going to probably be a few zombies lurking around, you know. So, um... I would probably try to uh, get a better weapon than a chair if I could find one. Well, as we all know, the WWE has a vast amount of weapons underneath the ring. Exactly. So there's many things there. So what's the next thing that you grab in order to make it safely back? Hopefully, um, I'll look underneath the ring and find Triple H's sledgehammer. <laughs> right. You know, so then uh, I could probably take some good swings with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that'd be one good blow because you that'd know that'll, blow. that'll take one blow takes the zombie's head off easily. But uh, I don't know how reliable it could be though, because you have the wooden handle, and however many times you hit, then it's going to crack, and then you know you very go true, on the next very thing. true. So um, basically, uh, start with the chair, okay. use it, probably bend up, try to find the sledgehammer, use it. Um, 
maybe the undertaker might come back raised from the dead he might try to help me out but then again he might try to feed me to the zombies because we buried him as nexus so that probably won't work too well or he might just be a zombie because he's rode from the dead a few times or you could just say right away it's like hey last thing i was in was the core man exactly no personal problems with me and you i'm sorry it's all wade bear's problems it's all wrestling's all about forgiveness exactly exactly but uh but yeah, I try my best to get out of the Staples Center and uh, find better weapons and stuff. Try to go to like uh, Dick's Sporting Goods or something and get some uh, football <laughs> equipment on so they don't bite through me quick, you know? Ooh, I never thought of football equipment. Yeah, you know, shoulder pads, get some forearm covers, you know, a helmet. They come through me, I'll just run through them and knock them down and start beating them in the head with something. This is great. I'm glad that we talked about this because I'd hate for you at some point, Staples Center, wherever it may be, Madison Square Garden, that you'd yeah. be in this scenario... And you haven't thought it through. Well, that's that just, that's just me thinking off of my feet right now. So, but this but, is something good to think about while on the road. Exactly. With the other guys, so you got to make a plan. Now, okay, your three-time uh, tag, team, tag champion. team champion partner, Justin Gabriel. Yep. He gets infected. I'm sorry, Justin. i got to take your head off because I will not be bitten. <laughs> that's all I can say. Is there anybody? Is there anybody amongst the roster or maybe a personnel or even Vince himself? Mm-hmm. Is there somebody that you, if they're infected and you go, I'm going to try and, you know, I'm going to try and save you. I'm going to try and find a cure and you, you hold them off. I mean, is there ever a cure? I mean, really? Well, that's the hope, right? That is the hope, but I mean, really, they don't really find one, you know, and even in uh, Resident Evil Redemption, um, they're trying to find this cure, but there's only a few left to save a few people and everything. So, I mean, it's kind of when you get infected, you're pretty much screwed, I think. And even in a movie called Redemption, it's so unfair. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so nobody sways you. I mean, obviously, family, wife, like, I assume those those sway you that maybe you hold on to them, that uh, you don't immediately bash your head in with yeah, the chair. Yeah, i probably try to get away and think about it first, but then again... Hornswoggle? He doesn't, he doesn't, uh... No, I'd bash him in the head anyway. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Probably, uh, I'd probably my wife or my own mother. Okay. You know, that's probably the two people I probably had to take a second thought about. But then again, if they're zombies and their brains fried anyway, and then next thing you know, they're trying to attack me, then they're not my wife or my mother or my friend. You okay, know? and not even Christian, your 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 mentor on NXT. No, he got me in fourth spot. You know, <laughs> you blame mentor. him? Yeah, I blame fault. him. It's his fault. He was one of the judges. You know. <laughs> Man rock, man, band. rock band. Yeah. One man rock band. Well, uh, this next one we're gonna play here is Tommy Dreamer and John Morrison is there as well. But Tommy, Tommy's taking the he took the reins. Yeah, he's taking yeah, the reins. Yeah. You don't even have to interview that guy. That guy just goes. Yeah, yeah. He's he was prepared. That's what, you know. He's like uh, he's ready a to delight. go. Yeah. He's a delight. Oh my god, fantastic, fantastic. But you you he is not nervous of being around media or anything like that. It's or a like bunch he, of dudes in a hotel room. It, it, yeah. This was at Wrestle Reunion by LAX. What a fantastic thing. I, I've Sadly, I've seen that they're not doing it this year. But, man, I really wish we could have went back to that because that was such a great night. That was such a great no, night. No, that was cool. We grabbed mm-hmm. beers and then we interviewed. It was really a fun time. We, had, uh, we went there with John, <clears throat> and we wanted to do some bits there with the other guys because mm-hmm. he knew he was going to have a lot of friends that were in town doing it. And for those of you that don't know, Wrestle Reunion is like – one of the bigger uh, wrestling promotion promotional shows that they put on, uh, they do it out in L.A., they do it in Miami, and then they do it, I think, somewhere in Canada, where this is a, a pretty big-budget show. Wrestling? I, I think, yeah, they do it somewhere up there. <laughs> right. It's a pretty big-budget show where they bring a lot of the old uh, – 
the old guy's back, you know, so they, they spare no expense bringing back like Vader was there and Brutus Beefcake, Greg Valentine. Uh, Sid? It, it's, uh, Psycho Sid was there. It wasn't even wrestling. Gangrel. All right. Yeah. It, he was I mean, there. It was such a great night. It was so cool. And, you know, John was able to plug us in mm-hmm. to uh, getting to off, you know, off camera and off microphone we we got to talk to a lot of these people and stuff uh, it was fun about an hour i'm guessing time wise i had to take off but i know you stuck mm-hmm. around with mark uh about an hour after this interview wasn't tommy dreamer at that point then kicking somebody's ass yeah he was in a he was in a match right after that oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah uh this was pre when we had gotten there um we had so first of all this was pretty like john had left wwe in november and this was dis- the January, very early January. Uh, so he had 2011. Yes. In case who knows when you're listening to this. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So he had not been off TV for very long. But I think much like when John was confused about how I recognized him that day, he assumed that when we got there that he would sort of blend in with everybody else. John was mobbed from the second we walked into that door. Like literally like he was immediately the most famous person in there right so when he, we were walking up to try to talk to guys like chavo and paul london and all this other stuff Ooh, there were, chavo <laughs> exactly he was yeah. there <laughs> and uh a lot of those fans were just they wanted john man they were just coming at him right and left john so, waters yeah so we had to we had to literally like as if we were the memphis uh bodyguards of elvis take john around to like the backside and uh, of the bar up. and and like have a, like a little private corner of the bar where people could come up and talk to him uh you know if they knew him essentially so it was a lot of fun and then he introduced us to tommy and we were sitting at a at a bar uh table with uh uh myself steve mark uh john tommy dreamer um uh ODB, ODB. Yeah, yeah. and I was TNA. texting you guys, begging you to get me your phone number. Uh, and you know, w- one like seat I'm over sorry, from us, know, sitting at the bar was Psycho Sid, and there was it was it was pretty surreal. The whole night was pretty surreal. Would have been a good way to die. Yeah. Yeah, just start a bar fight? No, uh, from the oh, start a bar fight with ODB. No, start yeah. a bedroom fight with yeah, ODB. Yeah, bedroom fight with yeah. ODB. And uh, she would break you in half. Yeah, and I. <laughs> Uh, John and I, and with the help of uh, the rest of the jerks, had worked on a couple of ideas for some short video clips that we had wanted to do. So we wanted to bring some wrestlers up, do quick bits and like uh, shorts, and then head back down and for the rest of the event. So John had actually rented a room that we were using as a base of operations there. And so this is the part where it gets funny because then all of us guys, John Morrison and Tommy Dreamer, were in a uh, unair conditioned hotel room for a while just uh, just talking uh, i think the the funny part was going up to the room and tommy dreamer immediately noticing the pink bathrobe you brought because you wanted to do bits and someone would dress up like rick flair is yeah. that so, what that bathrobe's all about there's a yeah. pink bathrobe that is not explained yeah like it's pointed out i didn't yeah, know yeah. what that was yeah. Yeah. yeah and there was a pink bathrobe and like there's nothing really like damning about a pink bathrobe but when you go into this room and it's a bunch of guys it's like and what about the pink bathrobe it was like well i guess if you say it like that way we were gonna have people cut promos like as different characters and stuff like that wearing your pink bathrobe idea for halloween last year i i did up a uh pink bathrobe with like uh feather boa collars and stuff and wrote nature boy on the back of it it worked pretty well i see uh so enjoy these hilarious stories from tommy dreamer 
six guys in a hotel room, no girls. This is the way to party. I, it's surprising <laughs> how easy it was to get you up here. Too, yeah, by well, the way, I was I was promised there would be a pink robe involved, and uh, <laughs> there certainly is. There, there's yeah, a yeah. pink robe. Yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff in wrestling. If I was <laughs> not, not much scares a wrestler, <laughs> not at all. You bring me to a hotel room, dude. I have fans like uh, you have no clue like how I would travel. Like sometimes, like I would show up with no rental car and like to an airport. But like, oh, it's a pay per view. I'll find a fan. Mm-hmm. And I will have, like, there'll be a fan in an airport stand there and be like, hey, you want to take me to this hotel? Sure. And they would take me. If I was a serial killer mm-hmm. and wanted to be target wrestlers, this is what I would do. I would show up at an airport. You know where we are. I basically get in your car, and you will take me wherever it goes. That's, I mean, my independent being on the ind- indies, that's what people do. I land. So I get and someone comes to you, hey Tommy Dreamer, like what's up? And I just get in their car. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think you got in a serial killer's car? Like you like you ju- you made it out just in time when you got to the venue? No, but I normally uh, will get. You know, I've been wrestling since I'm 18. I'll be 41 next February 13th, and like I'll be how how far is the drive? And the guy will be like, oh about three hours. Like cool, man. What's your name? Be like oh Phil. He's like oh cool, Phil. And then the next th- words that you never want to hear is. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, is this is this what I have to look forward to now yes, that I've not uh, left World Wrestling? Because you will then <laughs> now travel. Fans. You will then travel with a fan for the next three hours. There's no place you can go. What, what, are you what do you guys talk about? Are you going to take the risk? Are you going to get? The, are you going to get one of those free rides, John? Well, I mean, it is a free ride. It's it's not. <laughs> but know, seriously, that's no what risk, it is. no reward, and the reward is a free ride. But what, what do you guys talk about? That's what they, on a three-hour car ride. They, they ask you about your career. I'm they, sure uh, they talk about your greatest moments. Yeah, how how I affected their life it's awesome it's like, i love it like every interview i've ever done uh, uh, why did you get into wrestling my best what's my your favorite, favorite moment <laughs> my favorite one was i had to drive i landed in chicago and I had to go somewhere and uh like three hours away and the guy has pictures autographed pictures and again like inside the car yeah he has a book mm-hmm. you know oh, he's, not he's, plastered no. on the ceiling yeah, and no. on the dashboard <laughs> and candles. didn't get that weird yet <laughs> and I like to look at old wrestling pictures, and Tim with other wrestlers he's met, you know, and he's he's got an older picture of me, and it's, it's probably 14 years, you know, he's a little kid, now he's, you know, a man, whatever. So we're, we're driving, we're driving, I'm flipping through, and the very next picture, I'm married, my wife uh, was Beulah McGillicuddy, she was, she did Playboy, she did Penthouse, right? And she had a very, very famous picture of, like, smoking hot, big ass hair, and fucking her titties hanging out can i say titties is that yeah, sure you can and oh we have a problem with big ass hair though okay <laughs> she's covering her lady area and in ecw when we first saw this picture we were like i ah, do nobody wants to come to ecw like she's hiding a penis like you know and like <laughs> she didn't i was a little disappointed when i finally had sex with her she didn't have a penis but whatever and uh so like he was a little bit like you know that's my wife and like he was like uh i was like all right dude you know i get it you know it was a famous picture because you know she used to sell all the time and like as he's driving he's like no, wait, I just saw, as I turn the page, there's my wife and all her, you know, in her Playboy <laughs> picture, right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, and I just see this guy, like his soul was escaping the car. <laughs> like, is this crazy wrestler going to kill me? And he's like, um, you know, I'm sorry. I was like, dude, it's all right. We all jerked off to this picture. It's all good. <laughs> it's solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, that's okay. We both came because of this picture. It's all good. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome stuff. Yeah. It's great. I mean, these are the interviews that we've gotten so far. Yeah, yeah. The best is yet to come. I would say. Yeah, and then and then we'll all be finding the clip Taurus together. 
We've had a lot of wrestlers that have expressed interest in the show. Sometimes it's scheduling. Sometimes it's just a matter of being in town. You know, uh, we're still working on trying to do more phone interviews. We have a lot of interest. If there's ever a wrestler that you think you want to be on the show, you can always tweet them. Let them know about the show. Let them know about Curtain Jerks. You know, the fans, you fans out there, you have a lot more power than you may think. And, you know, we reach out all the time. But And if you think you know it, how much power you have, then soak it up. Get a big head about it. Soak it up. And you want Steve gone? Up. Let us know. <laughs> you want Brett gone? Let us know. Yeah, yeah, he won't know because he doesn't check Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, guys like Chavo's express interest. Uh, Mick Foley, uh, Rob Van Dam, you know. But if they, they hear from you guys that they need to be on the show, then we'll have a great time with them on the show. And we're, of course, working diligently as well. So I hope you enjoyed all of those classic interviews from Curtain Jerks. It's a, it's a trip down memory lane. It sure is for us, too, man. Yeah, and all the full episodes uh, of all the, the full interviews are available on ComedyPodcastNetwork.com, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps uh, get immensely the show out. helps us out yeah. immensely. Oh, it's huge. It, uh, Five-star rating, if, if you put that in some nice words, oh, we'll, we'll love you guys. Um, and then uh, thanks to Phil Renta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Listen to other hilarious podcasts on the Comedy Podcast Network, such as Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast and Come to Your Senses. Uh, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Every week, send us your uh, hashtag jerk tweets. And be sure to go to audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork for your free audio download. Guys, trip down memory lane. Let's All crack the champagne. Best memories yet to come. Sounds good to me. For Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narber. I'm Steve Sears. I'm Breaking Now. Have a great week. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.